Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hosted. As you know, this is the podcast where we flip the tables a bit and we invite hosts on to talk about their journey a little bit different because they usually don't get to talk about themselves too much. So today we have Benj Miller and he is the host, co-host of System and Soul. It's a podcast for growth-minded leaders to strengthen their system and solve their business to create breakthrough. Also, System and Soul is Benji's company, right? Yes. Yeah. So a little bit of, uh, you get to just kind of like dive into both worlds here. Give us a little bit of, of background into the company, the podcast. Did the company come before the podcast, after the podcast? How'd this all come together? Yeah, it is It is a journey and those are very intertwined. So my, my co-founder, co-host and I, Chris White, we were partners in a software company called 90.io. It still okay. exists. Um, there were three of us and Chris and I sold to the third partner and we were having a, I, he lives in Orlando. I went down, we're in his pool and kind of celebrating for a weekend, hanging out. And he says, Hey, I, I want to pitch you an idea. And I'm like, sure. All ears go for it. <laughs> and the, the 90.io is, was a SaaS platform for companies that run on EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. Mm -hmm. And so we're now out of that, but he's still an implementer. I was becoming an implementer. So somebody that goes and coaches senior leadership teams on how to run this. And he says, all right, there's no podcasts for companies running on EOS. And he just, he's a salesman. He's got a lot of charisma and he's selling me for a solid like 10, 20 minutes. And then he goes, what do you think? I think, I think it's a great idea. You should totally go do that. <laughs> like I had zero interest. You were um, kicking back and relaxing. Right. Uh, yes. And I, I have zero need or desire to be center of attention or to hear myself, like your voice is so inviting. You belong on a podcast. I cannot stand the sound of my own voice. I don't think I have anything interesting to say. So at this point, I'm like, you should go do that. You'd be great, Chris. And he's, he was like, man, I need, I need the counter. I need the yin to my yang and all this. So <laughs> I slept on it. And the next day I was like, all right, let's do it. And so we launched Tractionville because EOS is known as Traction. Yeah, so Gino, launched, right? That's it. Yeah. Him? So we yeah. so we launched Tractionville, uh, which was really cool and was um it was kind of an immediate success because we had an audience that was ripe for some content and some mm -hmm. conversations. And so we were able to provide that. We had, you know, a plethora of great uh coaches, implementers that we could talk to, as well as entrepreneurs that we could bring in their stories. And so uh, and then other other outside voices that knew, well, EOS is a huge audience. So we were able to punch way above our weight class in terms of the the type of people we could come and have interviews with, which was super cool for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here talking to, you know, Colonel Scott Mann, you know, it's like some cool people, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, like I've kind of got a man crush on this dude. Now I'm just having like a, <laughs> now we're boys and I got, I can text him. Like it's uh, so some really really cool conversations. Probably the, the scariest one was um, Chris Voss, if you're yeah, familiar with him, the yes. hostage negotiator. Yes. Like, I was like scared because the dude's just intimidating. <laughs> um, but then like he was so nice, so kind, so friendly once, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. So that was a lot of fun. But we were a couple years into this and um, 
the beginning of 2021, so about 18 months ago, uh, EOS made a, a drastic change to their business model, uh, how they interacted with with coaches. Their impl- they call them implementers, and it just wasn't for me for a host of reasons. So I was in this moment of uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do personally because I had built up a a nice practice. Um, I'm a like a serial entrepreneur, like a zero to one guy, and I had literally Brandy like this was going to be this decade. So I was committed to this not for one year, which is about how long most things hold my attention. I'm like, all right, till 2030, I am, I'm going to focus on this. Yeah. Um, Building other businesses won't be my focus. I love it. I love what I get to do in the session room with senior leadership teams, but I couldn't do it with EOS anymore. So I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, And I was looking at, okay, do I go back and buy another business, build another business? And I couldn't imagine not doing what I get to do with senior leadership teams. And one one day, uh, one evening, I really don't remember my pencil writing, but I look down and here's the name, System and Soul, and there's the model, and there's you know several things that are super unique about it where I was able to infuse some of the same tools and principles that EOS uses mm-hmm. along with uh, what I think my strengths as an entrepreneur had been around giving an organization a sense of identity, a sense of purpose, uh, 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 really being able to make culture tangible. So how do we engineer that and make that into something that we can sustain as we grow as an organization? And then um, a, a kind of a very unique approach to leadership. And so we were able to bake all of that into one thing, which is now system and soul. And we're, you know, it took us about three months to launch it. And, you know, a year and a half later, we've got 30 coaches, we've got our own software, we've got some amazing tools, a really cool community. But in that we shifted the podcast from Tractionville to system and soul. Long wow. answer. No, but that's an incredible journey. And and so with the the kind of the change up for the EOS program, was it that it always kind of lacked that kind of purpose built piece around the did you feel like that was always kind of lacking, or was it this dramatic shift that made you kind of think about that and pull that into the programming? No. So when I very first implemented EOS in one of my businesses with an implementer, me and uh, my partner in that business, we were talking about it. And I'll, I'll use his analogy because I think it it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, EOS is kind of like a skeleton. And it's a really good skeleton. It's a strong skeleton. You'd need a skeleton. But for anything to work, you have to put muscle on top of it. Yeah. Um, so if we think about that in terms of the system and the soul, it was always, it was always lacking and, and it lacked in a way that, um, frustrated me where it didn't give ultimate dignity and humanity to the people in the organization. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm -hmm. something that I, I, I felt as an implementer of EOS when I would go into an organization that needed both the system and soul, but I was only there giving them the system and it felt a little empty, right? It like, okay, we've got, we've got a company that's running better, but it's still lacking that purpose, that excitement, that soul, that energy that comes when we put it all together. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I do, you know, I've, I haven't, I haven't dove into the EOS 
system completely, but I have read the book, um, kind of dabbled in it a bit. And it does feel like the people are a little bit like cogs, you know, instead of building this culture, which is, is something that I think should always be and like purpose should always be top of mind for leaders and, and the team. So, um, I love that transition that you made. And so as you were moving, just thinking about the podcast journey, did you have to, cause I would imagine that initially you had all these people in your network that you could tap to bring on to the show. So did the, the format of the show, did that change? And the, and then who you brought on the show? Yeah. Um, not so much the, I think by the time we shifted, we had had to we had grown enough credibility with the people we had already had on Mm -hmm. that we could mostly sustain that there was probably, uh, only one target that, you know, had come on before he was planning to come back. And when we separated, he was like, Oh, I don't want to get caught in the middle of this. So I think there was only one guest that we lost in the middle of that, um, and that was probably more momentarily than permanent, like just yeah. in the transition. We definitely lost some subscribers um, mm-hmm. and we knew we would. It was probably less than we expected to, but we, you know, there was definitely a loss there. We had a lot of, you know, EOS at the time, I think had 500 implementers. So that was part of our audience. And, sure. and when we weren't, we weren't one of them anymore. So um, I think there was, it doesn't matter how helpful if, if you, you got to find your people, right? Yeah. and your tribe. And so we weren't that anymore. So I think part of uh, our loss was more in that coach imp- implementer community that was like the small businesses owners, which we were really focused on. Um, we very intentionally in the beginning, we had a few too many implementers on and we're like, okay, a lot of these implementers have nothing new to say because they're just doing the thing, right. which is the thing. They're running through the program. Yeah. Right. Right. So we were way more interested in kind of these third party ideas that added on to the value of EOS. And then the people that were actually like in like doing the work, the entrepreneurs, the visionaries out there, they were they were always more fun to us. We did shift. um, I got really bored with our podcast at one point. This was after it was Tractionville. I was just bored. I was bored with the people we were having on there. I was bored at the conversations. And um, me, me and my co-founder we also wrote a book together called the clarity field guide so the whole point of that is like well the subtitles the answers no one else can give you so the whole point is like helping whenever you're having a moment of i'm not sure what i'm feeling i'm not sure what i'm doing i'm not you know these questions you can kind of get away with it so i had one of those moments and i was like what what is my deal why do i not because i was ready to just bag it and we ended up changing format i re my realization was I am playing interviewer, which Mm -hmm. I was, I think I'm actually good at. Yeah, you are good at it. But in that, I I have to play dumb sometimes to like ask the question that like the audience might be asking, but I already know the answer. And I think that that got like just bored, boring for me. So I said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to change up the format. And here's what we did, Brandy. We just said, the conversation is going to be driven by the guest not us asking questions. So they come and it's one super interesting fact about you that we can't Google. Just kind of an icebreaker, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about the three things that are on your mind or you're wrestling with or you're learning right now. And we just, you know, I'll I'll play kind of host in the um, navigating us through those three things. 
but then it becomes a conversation where Chris and I can add add our value or add that you know it's still you're still asking questions clarifying uh but it gave us permission to be part of the conversation not just interviewers which was very freeing for me and re-energizing in that process well and it also it highlights your expertise right because you're working with companies and kind of uncovering some of this right and helping them work through whatever it is that they might be struggling with yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think the way my brain works uh, is a little bit um, like I'm a little bit of a geek when it comes to the art and science of business building and leadership. So there's a lot of principles. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of things to pull on that I can add context to the conversation. And I, I just needed freed to be able to do that. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent. So are you finding your guests? Are they are they typically folks that you're engaging with on the business side or how are you accepting people in and how are you vetting them to make sure that they'll be a good fit? Yeah. The, um, the vetting is pretty easy. We have a form like an intake form. So anybody that's interested, we have them fill it out and that gives us a little taste for them. We can usually go stalk them a little bit, either on other podcasts or their website, whatever that might be. One of the tricky things is there's a lot of great ideas out there in terms of business building or leadership or coaching. And um, we don't feel competitive in any way. Like uh, the more ideas, the more people out there doing it, the better. Yeah. But we are cautious to not create confusion. So if we have a model and you have a model and they're not the same, uh, it's not that we have a competitive, like, no, you can't do that. We're not going to talk about that. But we've got to do it in a way that's not confusing to our audience because, yeah, sure. you know, we're trying to reinforce some things. That's the only thing that we're, you know, really cautious of on that side. At this point, we get a lot of inbound requests. Um, and then we, uh, it's it's kind of like the network game. You know, you have a great guest on, you're like, hey, who do you know that we should get on here that would be awesome? Or um, we just did a... Uh, like a podcast flip with another podcaster where we were on his podcast and then we were, and then he was on ours. Um, that was a ton of fun. He was one, of, he was one of the, the better interviewers. And so I asked him, I was like, who, who have been some of your favorite people to have on your podcast? And so now we have two or three names. We can go say, Hey, we, we think we'd enjoy, you know, a conversation with our podcast. Would you be open to it? So there's a little bit of proactive through networking and then a little bit that's reactive from some, you know, people like your organization that send us names like, hey, we think this would be a good fit. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it, it really is. It's it's amazing. It was something that you talked about before was with, with Chris Voss. I mean, you got to, somebody who you admire and slightly intimidated by, but podcasting is such a unique medium where you're able to kind of break it all down and you're just yeah. two people having this intimate conversation and and then you're friends and yeah. you you sit down for 30 minutes 60 minutes and you you get to know some details about these folks that nobody else knows especially with the format of your show because you're you're asking them to bring something that isn't widely known by everyone so that's a just a it's such a cool experience have you had Outside of, you know, some of the people that you admire and bringing them on, have there been some moments? Because I sometimes, when I'm talking to people, like I've interviewed people that have gotten really emotional, um, just kind of talking about their journey and, oh, yeah. and their story. Have you experienced that? And, you yeah. know, walked away like, 
whoa, that was really impactful on so many different levels. Yeah. Um, the, the one, um, that I probably wasn't expecting the most a guy named Casey Graham, who, uh, I wouldn't say we're friends, we're acquaintances in real life. We've done business together, lots of similar social circles, but, um, I always looked up to Casey cause he's like the, um, he's the quintessential entrepreneur, like the, the visionary, the, the charismatic guy, like the one that you'd want to be on stage, like getting everybody rallied up. And, um, he was on our podcast and we got talking about, uh, when he sold his first company and the depression that set in after that, because his purpose was gone and that journey and the rawness that of which he shared through that and talked us through, um, yeah, we were kind of like, we were speechless, but we were so grateful that he was willing to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's so cool that podcasting is so popular and that as a, as a business owner, I know that when I'm listening to a podcast and I hear somebody talk like that, like very vulnerable and talk about their experience, a lot of times things that I've felt too, that well, leadership is lonely. Yeah. And I do yeah. think it's that one thing that you can can tune into and not feel so alone and realize that a lot of the things that you experience is those are experiences had by many. That was exactly his point. It's like lots of people have sold their company and you read the news about how awesome it is and the exit and yay, yay, yay. And he's like, why did nobody tell me? about what was going to happen after I sold my company. And so he was on a bit of a mission because somebody else needed to hear that to know what they were in for. And so he was, he was using his story as a gift and, you know, yes, it was painful and yes, it was hard. And now hopefully somebody else's is less painful and less hard because he shared it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, when you first started, I know you kind of got coaxed into starting the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but did you have, and I'm assuming you had a goal that you wanted to achieve with the podcast and has that, what was that goal and has that evolved? Well, our goal was really simple. We wanted to be the number one podcast for companies running on EOS. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't big enough of a goal because we hit that very, very, very quickly. (laughs) Cause Um, you were the, were you the only one at the time? Um, you know, it was funny because there were, there were probably four that popped up right like maybe the same month as ours. Um, But, you know, my background was in branding and marketing and we had Tractionville with a little bit of Margaritaville music at the beginning. (laughs) And um, Chris had a big name. He was, you know, coaching some of the other implementers in the organization. So everybody knew Chris. And so we had a little bit of an advantage there. Um, So we weren't the only one, but we definitely had the advantage. And I think we had a, uh, more, you know, anybody can start a podcast, right? It's like, Hey Brandy, let's zoom and I'll record it and post it. So we had a little higher like intentionality and, and probably production value in that as well. Uh, the blessing was, is that when it came time to launch system and soul, which was nowhere in our mind, when we started the podcast, we had an audience already. Yeah. So there was the, this invaluable thing. Um, it's hard for me to, you know, there's, it's hard for me to believe in coincidence when I have a heavenly father that loves me and looks out for me. And so as as a man of faith, I'm like, God, God prepared for this system and soul thing to launch. 
And that's how, that's the bigger purpose of why Tractionville was started. But we could have never, ever known that. But it was so cool that it was there when it was time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how that kind of all evolved. And so are have you um have you gained clients from the podcast? Like what, you know, I know that people go into this for yeah. various reasons and I'm assuming part of it was to kind of It absolutely your, was because yeah. when we started, you know, Chris had a great thriving almost full practice and I was starting my practice out, so I'm like, yeah, I'd be stupid not to have the number one buy. So I think this is a tough question because I got way less clients than I expected would come out of that. Maybe being the guy on the podcast gave me some credibility for the the ref, references, referrals, clients that I did get. Like maybe it was a credibility boost. Um, I'm sure it was. So I'm sure it was helpful. But leads from that were almost non-existent. Interesting. Um, now we have some of our coaches that we have with System and Soul have come from even back in the Tractionville days, starting to listen, you know, and then whatever's happening in their career, they're, they're moving out of their own organization and now they're thinking about what's next and they've got Benj and Chris in their ear talking about system and soul. So we have gotten some coaches from that um, and some really, really neat people that I would never would have met had it not been for that. Yeah, no, it's, it, and have you grown your, your, listenership, your followers, like what, how has that evolved since you first launched the podcast? Oh my goodness. Well, since we, since we switched from Tractionville to System and Soul, we, we really are about flat okay. on, um, it, we give it, um, there is no podcast growth strategy that exists in our organization. <laughs> um, so it feels more like, um, a way that we can give back, a way that we can nurture, a way that we can continue to grow and be challenged ourselves by talking to people that are, you know, smarter than us. They're learning things. They know things in other areas that we don't know. So it, it, there's a way more of an altruistic nature to our podcast um, than there is any sort of amazing growth strategy. I'm sure if we had one that we'd appreciate it and we, you know, like, oh yeah, we're, we're growing the podcast, but it just has not been a focus. Yeah, well, you're just, you've got different intention and goals around it. So I, I think that that, you know, for, for you and Chris, I would imagine it it serves kind of a, a personal mission and purpose. It does, for sure. It keeps us sharp, if nothing else. Yeah, and and I really disagree with you. Say, I, th I do think you have an excellent radio voice and, and so does Chris. <laughs> oh, no, don't compare me to Chris. Chris has the very white He does. Voices. It was, it was amazing when I was listening to your show and I, I mean, his voice is just so, I mean, it's so unique, right? And you can, <laughs> you can call it out and you, you two counterbalance each other very nicely. So do you, is there any sort of prep that goes into the interviews or do you just, are you so, you're just so well balanced and, and the two of you do a really nice job. You're not stepping on each other's toes. Is that just from all the work that you've done throughout the years? I think so. Like we do our trainings together. Like when we bring in new coaches, um, we talk about it all the time. I think either one of us are capable of training our coaches, but we feel like it's important for them to get the 
get our yin and yang, the different energies, the different applications, you know, the principles are the same, but it looks very different coming from two very different personalities and, you know, the way we think, the way we operate, um, Chris, believe it or not, is way more like you would think this is the opposite. He's like the bullet point. He's going to follow the the agenda. He's going to follow like the the rules exactly. And I, I think I thrive with the senior leadership team because it's like improv to me. Yeah. Same thing with the podcast. Like I have to be fully engaged because I don't know what's coming and I have to be a step ahead. That's like a drug to me. Um, <laughs> so is so Chris prepare? Is he have notes and does he? No, no, no? You okay. would, no, he's not. Neither one of us. We, we did a little bit better when, when it was the old format, when yeah. we were going to interview, but now it's on them. Now it's like, Hey, what are we like? I'll start off the podcast. What are we talking about today? What is on your mind? What are you wrestling with? And I love when somebody brings something that they're not necessarily the expert in. It's something they're exploring. Those, those tend to be way more fun because we all have the things that we're like expert in and you've yeah. usually talked about those, you know, multiple times. But if you get into a conversation about what you're wrestling with right now, man, it just it just has the ability to go deeper, be more uh, more of a collaborative conversation, an exploratory conversation, you know, where you're trying to figure stuff out together. It's pretty fun. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Something that you said earlier about... Um, how you got kind of bored with the podcast because you you were asking these questions that you already knew the answers to. It didn't feel surprising, spontaneous. It's like just didn't, it just wasn't working for you anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I hear that a lot from, it's really interesting because, you know, us at KitCaster working with the guests and guests oftentimes want to be prepared because they're used to, traditional media training yeah. or tradition, you know, where they want to have the talking points. They want to be prepped. They don't want to slip. They don't want to say something they're not supposed to say. And some get really unnerved when they don't know what is going to be talked about during an, a conversation. Cause it's really a conversation. I mean, it's very yeah. rarely is a podcast, like a strict interview. Um, and so we, we have to work with them and like, no, you're going into this really blind because this conversation could go a lot of different directions and they may yeah. give you a framework of the conversation, but it's never going to be just that. The the podcast that send over like a list of questions that the they'll likely ask or whatever, I almost never even open up and look at it. Like, yeah. That to me that takes all the fun away. If I can't answer it, then I don't have a real answer. So like there's no reason preparing for a you know, 45 minute conversation. I'm the same way. Although I have gotten trapped a few times when there's like the question that's like, what's your favorite poem? And, you know, why is it, I, I wouldn't offhand, like, I, I don't know what well, I'm then not you don't have a favorite poem. I don't have a favorite poem. I know it just feels so like, don't put you know Brandy what? in a corner. Don't put Brady in a quarter. And Benj, now I'm like, that's what I'm going to do from now on. I'm just going to be like, I'm sorry. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like as poetry. cultured as you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me recite these lyrics from Eminem to you. <laughs> that's, that's probably what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, so as we're kind of nearing the end of this conversation, I would love for you to give the listeners, because everyone's kind of, coming to hosted for various reasons. A lot of folks are 
podcast hosts maybe looking to have a refresher to their show or just starting a show or thinking about it. What are three things, kind of three takeaways from your experience podcasting nearly 200 episodes that you could share with the listeners? Well, I think um, going back to the moment in time when I asked myself, like, what is wrong with this? Like, why mm -hmm. am I not enjoying this? Um, it forced the questions of the intentionality of it. And then also, um, if there is an intentionality, first of all, if there's not, give yourself permission to quit. Yeah. Uh, so, but then if there is intentionality, then how do you make that more in alignment with who you are, what you want to like, be selfish. Like, why, why am I doing this? Why am I spending my energy, my time, my resources on this? And then what do I want out of it? And how do I make those things all fit together in a way that produces energy? Because I think, um, uh, someday I hope I understand what I'm about to say, but <laughs> it seems like so much of our being is just energy. Mm -hmm. And if so, if we can play into that, thing that creates energy out of what we do I think people can feel that and yeah. they can feel the opposite as well and so sometimes I think the limitations on how successful we're being in the marketplace is a reflection on how much energy that or the the type of energy negative or positive that we're putting out I don't mean to say that in like a new age way but I think just getting into alignment with yourself um you're you're going to find a reservoir of new creativity ideas and energy to go for the next season. Yeah, it even though it's it's audio, I mean some are video as well, but you can hear someone's enjoyment. Oh yeah. It's not, you know, you can tell when somebody's just kind of going through the motions, asking the questions, answering the questions, but we you can hear excitement and that's what makes such a great listening experience. Yeah, I agree. Back to commending you on your, you just have the most welcoming voice and energy. So it's oh, very thank easy. you. Thanks. Yeah, no, I think that's, and that's a great tip. And and I think I loved that you said that you got bored with, with what you were doing, because I think that that's a, that's a hard realization for people often and then to vocalize it and then to make a change all all of those things are are really brave honestly yeah. i mean i think a lot of people just put their head down and keep grinding so being putting your head up looking around paying attention why are you doing this who do you, if you don't care why should anyone else so that's that's yeah. great yeah, we also gave ourselves permission for a while. We were doing a, a normal episode on Tuesdays and then like these five minute like tip episode on Thursdays. And that was like this self-created restraint that we had put on ourselves that we had to go, guys, this is killing us. Why are we spending, you know, this is hours every week that we're putting into this where it's not even our primary focus. What if we prioritized quality over quantity? Like, yeah. uh, you know, oh, people expect a new episode on Tuesday. Well, they're not going to expect that anymore. Like, we'll put out a new episode when we have a new episode that we think is worthy of their time. That freedom for ourselves was huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, we you put a lot of we put constraints on ourselves all the time unnecessarily, right? Like we make these rules that we came up with for whatever reason because somebody told us like yeah, some you got to stay consistent. Yep, right, right. It's the key <laughs> to success. Every Tuesday. Yep, 100%. <laughs> Read it somewhere. Is there anything else Benji you want to share with the listeners? Um, yeah, I will plug um so I, I mentioned I'm kind of a geek of the art and science of build, business building. And I think there's so many good things that we forget because we're so busy. So there's 261 workdays in a business year. So I created the261.com and you can go in and put your email and you will get a micro bit email every single day with just one thing to remember, to think about, to work on. And it's the idea of kind of 1% better, right? If we're just doing this tiny thing every single day over the course of a year, drastic impact. So it's a, it's it's my take at a daily newsletter, but I have, if you haven't figured it out, a bit of ADD. So they're very, very, very short. Great. Well, I love like short, just snackable things. So I'm, I'm on it. I just wrote it down. The 261.com. Yes, that's it. Okay. All right. I'm logging on. Cool. All right. I've got one last question for you. That's just fun. All right. You ready for it? Sure. Okay. So every Wednesday with our whole KitCaster team, we ask just a random question to everyone. They don't really know what it's going to be, but we all share and usually elicits lots of laughter, which I think is really important. Um, the last week's was really interesting because it was, and, and I felt like people were especially like spicy last week. So maybe that was what made it extra special. But, um, if you could share with us what your like kind of people pet peeve is like, some of the examples were slow walkers, um, people that rush up on folks like driving in a car, rushing up on the crosswalk or people who have the right of way walking. Um, what's yours? Um, it's not, it's not funny or fun, but it is, it is, uh, my biggest pet peeve is people that, uh, struggle to reply to text messages. Oh my gosh. And I will keep, I, I have a, um, in my most trying to be non-judgmental way, I, I literally subconsciously keep a list of people that suck at text message texting in my brain. Um, and my ability to be friends with you, if you're one of those is struggles. Like, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you like 12 hours, but if, if we're talking multiple days or unreplied, like that's just not cool. All right. We need to, we might need to dig a little bit deeper into this because I am one of those people. And I'm going to tell you that what, what gets me is that I don't have an answer, right? Especially if somebody's like asking me like, Hey, on the 29th, can you do this? And I'm like, gosh, I don't know. I have three kids. They all are in different sports. Like I'm afraid to commit because I'm then afraid to say that I messed up. <laughs> yeah. But could you say, I got this. I'm not sure. I'll figure it out and have an answer for you Friday. Well, now you're making me think that that's exactly what I should be doing. I mean, I kind of knew that, but I just instead just ghost out on people. I am that annoying person. And I probably have lost friends because of it. Wow. For sure. I'm really sorry all right. to everyone. 
All right, here's here, I'll give you a question for your next Wednesday roundup with your team. Okay, because right. our team we we do similar thing once a week, and this this by far the best question: What's the grossest thing in your fridge right now? Oh yes, this is great. Yep, oh, I can't wait. I'm also very scared. Yeah, it yes, very enlightening. Like, who are you people, and why? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, thank you, Ben, so much for being on Hosted. And thank you for calling attention to the texting thing. It's actually something that I've been, I'm aware of, and I know that I need to work on. So you calling that out as your biggest pet peeve is really insightful to me. Well, you work you work on texting and I'll work on being your friend in the process. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Please go have a listen to System and Soul. It is a fantastic podcast. It's really, it's really incredible and, and has fantastic insight. So go give a listen, give a rating and review. And Benj, thanks so much for joining Hosted. My pleasure. All right. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.